Good morning, wonderful listeners. You've tuned into Post Session Podcast, a podcast filled with the stoke of a surf session and the wise guidance of an ocean voyager. Your water-loving hosts are ready to share this infectious state of mind while encouraging and inspiring you for your next adventure. Tim, thanks for your patience this morning. We brought our... Likewise. We brought our sound guy in and he's... Don't, if you ever kick me again, he's real particular about things. Well, he's, he's the one that does the editing. But yeah, like he said, he's the one that does the editing. So, you know. Yeah, that That's good. Well, my coffee's, you know, slowly dwindling. So I might have to, you know, go grab some more. <laughs> go, go fill up. Go fill up. No, that's good. We're good. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I can't uh, I can't wait to talk with both of you. And Laurel this is the first time we're meeting and I'm sure it's going to lead to some very pleasant conversations yeah well yeah. hello cheers guys Ching. cheers boop Ching. Ching. Cheers. Yep, your arm disappears so what kind of coffee do you drink what's an adventure oh hey magic mm-hmm. trick i'm having a cup of grand dynamics right now is my coffee oh well, we're having a cup of psp position podcast right now Ooh. Oh, oh. That. you have your own coffee mug yeah. we got wow. everything we got everything look at us you know you Made it when you have your own coffee mug. We've arrived. Is that all it takes? I should have ordered these years ago. (laughs) Okay, well, I'm going to start us out, guys. Yeah, give us an intro. I'm going to give the intro. Who is this guy? Yeah. Good question. That's a really good question. It's it's existential, and it's going to take 45 minutes to answer that question. Oh, then we'll be done on Zoom. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, welcome back, Post Session Podcast listeners. Hi. We are in our studio, as you can tell if you're watching the video, because uh, actually we're in the Caribbean right now. Yeah. Yeah. And our guest is in the mountains, so it's really awkward. (laughs) Um, This is Tim Walter. Hello. Tim, uh, thank you for coming today, and thank you for being patient with us this morning. Tim is the president at Grand Dynamics International, which is a fairly vague title. So maybe you should tell us what that is first. And then I want to mention also everybody that he wrote a book that we're going to be talking about today. (gasps) That's really why we have him on the show. Oh my gosh. Because he's an adventure guy. And Laurel wrote a book too. (laughs) So anyway, what is, um, Tim, come on. What's Grand Dynamics? What is Grand Dynamics? Chief, chief, chief dishwasher. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Grand dynamics, you know, it's like it's like I don't know. What, what, what do you think about when you hear those words, grand and dynamics? It's uh, you know, it's 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 a human performance business, right? It's uh, it's working with, yeah, supplements, supplements <laughs> like the psychological kind, psychological supplements uh, for for life and business, you know, really. And uh, yeah, we work with uh, business leaders and teams to help help people improve their performance. You know, we, we use adventure as a medium experiential training development is our, uh, is our platform for working with corporations and businesses to help people be the best they can be. Really. That's the, the essence of it. And then that comes in a variety of different things. I've been doing this for 24 years. So I basically have been creating you know, making stuff up for the last 24 years and using. <laughs> well, is this like an adult version, <laughs> like like an adult version of Knowles? 
in an adult version of Our Bound yeah. or No, or yeah, 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 my own, my own, uh, my own twist on it. Yep, yep, very unique twist. And on... as he said, everyone, he makes it up as he goes. So spend lots of money at Grand Dynamics, <laughs> where you don't know what you're going to get. <laughs> That's right. I mean, I have a <laughs> master's degree from MSU. Uh, we used to say it's from making stuff up, but it's actually <laughs> Minnesota State University. You know, you could. Uh, yeah. So, you know, that's, my master's is in, in experiential education. My bachelor's in, a, in applied business psychology. Mm. When you combine those two things together, you have a whole lot of uh, making stuff up. Yeah, uh, but see, but, you have a whole lot of room for for wiggle there yeah 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 <laughs> that's yeah, funny um no yeah yeah so it's it's, it's great we're i i love the, i love the work that we do and uh we use a whole bunch of different mediums from multi-day retreats to uh to executive programs um all sorts of different things that we uh do to to help people be a little bit better at life and, and work so. sounds like you need a free diving element personally but you know that's just me I love it. I love free diving. It's so great. Yeah, it is. And it is uh, formative. So I think it would be good for that type a- of accomplishing, yeah, the goals that you have for business leaders. Well, um, let's get to it. You know, we usually start our podcast with post session notes. So for you, this would be what have you been doing that's adventure related or he just got back from a spear fishing trip he could talk about that too he could because we normally use our post uh surf session post dive session mm-hmm. but it doesn't have to be ocean it could be whatever adventure yeah would, would you like to go first what would you like me to describe specifically just talking about some of the ocean adventures the most recent one most recent recent. foray in the ocean in a nutshell yeah well you know i I have to say uh, when i was wondering uh who to contact on the next adventure i turned to none other than ashley chapman and i said hey ashley i'm going to costa rica uh do you know anyone that I can reach out to and talk with about my spearfishing, my upcoming spearfishing adventure. And, and uh, yeah, you really dial it in. You, you, uh, you, you dialed me in with a, a really great guide. I went to Nosara, Costa Rica was my, was my most recent one. And uh, it was amazing. We just happened to, to land at a time when there was some offshore spearfishing that was just on fire. Uh, we went, off about, uh, I don't know, 12, 15 miles off coast and uh, got into some amazing, amazing spearfishing in pods of dolphins, which I've never, I, I personally, in my, in my, you know, eight, 10 years or so of spearfishing since I've just decided to get into the ocean blue water hunting, uh, I hadn't had that type of experience uh, diving through pods of dolphins. And I mean, like hundreds, mm-hmm. like, you know, 500, 600 dolphins swimming, swimming out in the ocean and, and diving down in, 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 you know, amidst the dolphins and uh, in the pursuit of the yellowfin tuna, which has also been a objective, but I've never really had that environment to, to go and dive in. And it was amazing. And, and I was very lucky to, uh, to land some, some amazing, uh, beautiful fish and to dive in that type of environment. It was you know, it's, it's something where it started with you, actually. I mean, the, the capacity to hold my breath and, and, and be 
safe and and to know what I was doing uh, the, to to create that capacity to be able to go out in that environment was something that was it was amazing. It was it was it was, it was you know I would say life changing, but it was like every time I go out there, it's like life changing and different. Now that mm-hmm. I have the skills and the capacity to hold my breath and dive down 50, you know, 80 feet, you know, it's amazing. Get it boy. I do love about the ocean that when you go, you don't know what you're going to see. For instance, you didn't realize you were going to come up on a pod of dolphins, which is fairly atypical to be, you know, find yourself swimming amongst a pod of dolphins. But I think our listeners think a pod of dolphins and you think like four, not a hundred. No, no. Pod (laughs) is lots. Yeah. Lots, yeah, yeah, and it's really yeah. intimidating because they're so fast. So you're kind of thinking, "Oh, I hope one of these boogers doesn't just that ran nose. me on yeah. accident." <laughs> yeah, well, and they have, you know, what's come with what the dolphins. There's also giant marlins, right? The marlins, like there are other people fishing for the marlins, and those marlins are huge. And you could actually, I, I didn't actually see a marlin, but you could see the activity of the dolphins. And all of them would all of a sudden be on the top of the surface. And I'm like, oh, what is that? Why are they doing that? And the guide there would be like, well, that's a marlin. You know, they're running from the marlin, you know, and uh, running, I guess, running from or with or whatever. But there was these generally huge, huge other fish. So I didn't I didn't uh, physically see them. But, yeah, like to your point, it's it's amazing. You never know what you're going to see. Uh, so it's kind of like, you know, in the adventure world, train yourself to be ready for whatever, uh, might present the opportunity for, right? So you want to be, um, ready to climb the mountain. You want to be ready to run the race. You want to be ready to do the backcountry trip. You want to be ready to free dive. Like, and you know, it's, this is like an ongoing debate that I have with a lot, you know, a lot of people. It's like, well, what are you training for? It's like, you're training to be ready. You know, right. Yeah. 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 Well, so. uh, were there waves in Nassara? Did you surf at all? Or was it just mm-hmm. a dive trip? Uh, yeah, I was there. I was out there on a, on a family trip. I was there on a yoga trip. Uh, my wife, Nisha, was hosting a yoga retreat in Nosara, one of her annual retreats. And um, so we were there and I was doing a whole bunch of different things. And of course, I'm like, well, I'm going to have to squeeze in some free diving and spearfishing yeah. and, and luckily enough like yeah it's it's when you when you start shifting your perspective on how you look at the ocean right for me it just started with that like how can i look differently at the ocean from a standpoint of i'm not just going to sit on the beach and enjoy the the waves and just go on you know on the shore but no i'm going to completely shift like into an exploration standpoint of wow what what what's out there that i could explore and i'm so grateful for you know the 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 first course that i took with you actually that that started to open up that whole world for me which was the world underneath and outside from the beach and we didn't even even get in the water in the ocean (laughs) there we talked a lot about it well we did we did did our breath hold thing, you know. We did do our breath hold thing, exactly, which is scratching the surface, really. Laurel, do you, yeah. did you, but have you started. been in the water? Uh, yeah, I mean, I've been surfing, but that sounds kind of lame compared to his adventure. <laughs> yep. 
<laughs> Lame. But there was a dolphin or two. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what's what's crazy is um, when because we're here in North Carolina, Tim. In case you you forgot that or didn't know that, so Laurel's yep. surfing off the coast of North Carolina. And what's unique about a place like Nosara is that you can imagine yourself sitting on the beach, looking at the shore. You can surf the waves, but right there offshore, you can dive too. Here, yeah. people don't even realize that you can get out there and explore because it looks dark and it looks murky and it just, it doesn't open up till you get past, you know, the breakers and, and over some reef and stuff like that. So it really is kind of like um, pulling the pulling the shades back. Yeah, you know, it's a great metaphor for life, I think, you know, sometimes you just gotta, you gotta go out and you gotta, like, you can't, you can't see what is happening below or outside until you, you go for it, you know, you gotta go and explore. And um, there's this perception of, well, I don't, I don't know what the the thing is. I don't know what the next thing is out there. But uh, until you have someone like yourself that has pioneered to new depths and new things it shifts like you know what there is something deeper there is something uh different out there to go explore uh that you can begin to say oh okay well let me get some skills on how do i how, how can i go explore those things um yeah this things start to change you know because other people otherwise you'll just stay on the beach you know and and, and that sucks. Uh, <laughs> well it's different <laughs> It's like it's different, right? It's I call I call it the uh, it's it's like unconscious incompetence, right? It's like you're not even aware that there's something else to be aware of, right? It's like well, I remember I remember that being being in this position. It was you know years ago before I had started free diving, and uh, when I went for the first time, and then when I actually started having success at it, it kind of lifted the veil on that unconscious incompetence that you were talking about. Because you're right, I didn't know, uh, not just literally what was below the surface, but in me what was below the surface. Mm. Because I had been, you know, conditioned like most of us are to kind of accept what you're good at and what you're not good at. And that was that was life changing because then it opened the door to sailing because then I, I thought, oh, well, it's just a skill set that's can be learned between me and what my next adventure is going to be. You know, I look at the mountain behind you and I think, hmm. yeah, sure, I'll ski that. <laughs> All I need is to learn how a little bit and go go get after it. <clears throat> but it does take introduction to skills, which is kind of a um, a barrier for people sometimes because it takes time to develop that kind of thing. How about you, Ash? Is, what about your post-session note? Oh, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I haven't been in the water except to teach diving in the cold quarry, but I've been running a lot. I know that's not a legit psp it is note. though because tied into what tim just said it's that preparation for the adventure well yeah i just realized that i didn't <clears throat> i wasn't getting the kind of dive time i wanted and teaching has become you know it, it's still fun but it's a job and it doesn't stretch me the way i need to be stretched when when i want to dive i'm sure you have that with some of the things that you're you know good at uh so i picked up running in january and i've been digging it You've been killing it. Yeah, at first it sucked. <laughs> and now you're past the point where, you know, you've got the, the, the cardio to actually sustain. And it's just like anything else. How far can I go? What can I do with it? Mm -hmm. So I've been really into it lately. It's a very timely conversation, actually, because I, uh, I just had my 50th birthday recently. Hey, Ooh. welcome to the club. 
Yay, big celebration. Um, and and I'm like, okay, you know what? This I've always told myself that I'm going to start my racing career when I turn 50. As a lot of people do. I'm like a create your own adventure guy, right? I'm uh-huh. like, okay, I look at different mountain routes. I do whatever, go the go to some foreign country with no thing. I'm gonna go free diving somewhere and spearfishing. But um I've never really been into organized events. And uh, I was like, you know what? I'm going to try some organized events. When I turn 50, I'm going to try to do a little racing. And so I'm like, okay, all right. I get all excited and, you know, fired mm-hmm. up. So I went for a run. I went for like a three mile run. I'm like, mm. oh my God, like I'm exhausted. And I'm <laughs> yeah. like in my first run, this is six weeks ago. Right. So I, you know, it was like, okay, all right haven't really been running so much you know i'm a mountain athlete it's just been a wild pandemic we'll blame it on the pandemic yeah 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 covid but uh so it was like okay all right i'm gonna accept the reality of that was sore and painful even at the beginning of of a three mile run and then i'm like all right i'm gonna do that again and then i'm gonna do it again Mm -hmm. and then i'm gonna do it again Mm -hmm. and then i'm gonna turn it into a four mile run and then i'm gonna you know i'm gonna go for a seven mile run Mm -hmm. the seven mile run was up equally painful if not worse you know i had to recover for like another week but then i went back and i'm like you know what okay now i'm going to start doing four mile runs and five mile runs and eight mile runs and you know a couple days ago i did a a half you know 13 mile run and i'm like yeah okay i'm feeling pretty good back in the groove but it's like you know it took me some progression and i think it's it's so it's it's oftentimes difficult to see the end result when you start with something um and you just have to start and you have to be okay with being sucking the first time. Yeah. You have yeah. to be okay yeah. with being at the bottom yeah. of the totem pole for a little while. Yeah. Embrace yeah. the suck for a little while. I mean, it's all, let's, let's not kid ourselves. It's, you know, the, the, the suck actually, I don't know if that goes away because you're continually, you're continually uh, pushing the limits of wherever you are, but r- running now to your point is like a lot more enjoyable now. Yeah. It's like, now I can go out for a five mile run and it's like not that big of a deal. Right. No, it's, like, it, it transforms the, the suck transforms. Sure. The 13 is going to win you, but you also get a reward that you don't have in the beginning when you're just trying to build up your base. Yeah. Yeah. Embrace and, and, the suck fest. Yeah. <laughs> I have a, I have a good friend named uh, Demir. He's a Russian uh, guy that he's a, is a world champion obstacle course racer that I've done some adventure. Uh, Ninja. Yeah, that's fun. And actually, you know, uh, so I did this one thing, I call it the Lake to Lake, which was um, swimming 20 miles and uh, 20 miles in between on all the lakes in Grand Teton National Park. Mm. And there's seven lakes. One of them is 13 miles. The rest are mostly, you know, mile and a half uh, type, you know, mm-hmm. length. Anyway, it was a whole sequence where and we were starting and I somehow corralled him to go and attempt this thing. I did it once before and it was two in the morning and we we're getting ready to start. And we we're like, oh, man, like it's a full moon. And I'm like, Demir, how do we not remember to bring coffee at the, <laughs> at the start of this thing? Uh, vodka. <laughs> yeah, like he looked at me like classic, like imagine like this, like super strong like steely face russian guy you said he, he was russian yeah. he goes tim embrace the suck <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i'm like all right yeah this is gonna last for like you know the next 40 hours so. yeah that t- please tell me it was a relay race 
Yeah, no, we ended up doing it in 36 hours. Um, 20 miles, 20 miles, uh, on we have a lady here in our state that's training for the English Channel, so we should interview her. Yeah, we should. I got a quick question before we move on, though. Sorry. You're, you're, you said you're 50. I turned 40 this year. Um, wow. So I'm younger than you, for the record. Yeah. She just had to but, put that in there. That's yeah. All. But I, a lot more pretty, too. I'll just say that for the record. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you. But my, I, I have a goal, you know, with the running. Mm. This is like I'm turning 40. I want to do something cool. Do yeah. you have something specific that, a mileage that you're looking at? You don't have to disclose it if you don't want to. I do, actually. So I, I set I set three goals. Um and not that anyone on this podcast, well, I actually, who knows, you know, if you're in Jackson, but I set the two uh, sort of public goals in one part, private goal, which I don't mm-hmm. know, I'll share, the, I'll share the private goal here with you. I'll release the, uh, the thing. <gasps> well, well, like, uh, my, my first one was, um, I'm going to do a ultra, I'm going to do an ultra race. Ooh, which meaning 50, 50K? 50, so this was a 50 kilometers, my first one. Okay. That's in July. So that's 30 miles and there's 15,000 vertical. Um, and then I set a kind of another goal, which was I, I'm going to be, I want, I want to do an Ironman because I've, I've done like the Ironman distances and stuff like that, but I've never done it in a race. So yeah. and then I lo- started looking at them. I'm like, what are all these like 70.3? Like, what is that race? Like, I'm like, <laughs> oh, I'm like, I'm like, I kept looking, I was trying to find an Ironman and they're all like, well, these 70.3 races. I'm like, that's not like an Ironman. That's like a, that's like a half Ironman. So I'm like, Hey, all right. All right. So there's all these half Ironmans all over the place. Apparently mm-hmm. it's a very popular um, distance, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, for, for a lot of people that, I mean, for me, it was like, okay, I, I I'm sure I can do it. It's so it's, it's a 1.2 mile swim. It's a uh, 60 mile bike and 62 mile bike and a 13 mile, uh, um, run a yeah. half marathon, much basically. more attainable, much more attainable. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. So I signed up for one of those. That's I'm doing one of those in September. At, Perfect. Uh, um, yep, in California, there, Santa Cruz, at the yep. the 70.3 mile half Ironman. But the big thing for me, okay, I've been waiting is, for it. Is is it's it's interesting, and I'll just I think it's worth sharing because, you know, how do you come up with goals? How do you set new things for yourself well i live in a place that's just north of jackson hole wyoming about 10 miles or so and i was you know i was driving down a dirt road towards my house looking up at the grand teton all right i'm a i'm an alpinist i've climbed the grand teton a bunch of times and um i've done various different multi-sports to get to the grand teton and i was like oh um i wonder like what the distance is from teton village to this house because there's a race that actually finishes right by my house. It's like a half marathon. And I'm like, huh, I wonder what, you know, like what, what, what that's all about. Like the distance there. I'm like, okay, there's a distance there. And I'm looking up at the grand and I'm thinking about the distance. And I said, huh, I wonder what the distance is from my house to the grand. Like why not just leave my house and then go and on foot, just go straight to the climb the grand. I'm like, oh, wow, that's interesting. So I get back and I like start looking at it. I'm like, oh, it's about, you know, 13 miles or 10, 10, 10 miles or something to get to the trailhead. Mm-hmm. And then it's about a 20 mile round trip. I'm like, oh, that's about a 40 mile round trip from the house. You mean Plus, up and back? Yeah. For like leave my door. To coming back. Go climb the Grand on foot 
and then come back. It's about 40 miles plus about 15, you know, seven, 7,500, you know, up. And then yeah, I thought to myself, here's something that's never been done before, which if I did it, I think it might be a motivational aspect for other people to do something similar, which is there's a place in downtown Jackson Hole, the town square of Jackson. Mm-hmm. Turns out it's 16 miles away from the first trailhead, which you can access the Grand Teton. This is the first time I've ever seen this publicly, mm-hmm. but this is what I'm going to do. I am going to leave from the town square. Mm-hmm. On foot, I'm going to travel the 16 miles to the Taggart Bradley Trailhead, climb the Grand Teton, mm-hmm. come back down, and then run back to the town square. It's going to be about a, I don't know, somewhere 50 to 60 mile ultra, you know, experience. Yeah. Uh, and you're going to make your. It's to cre- create this new thing. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to make your own race. Yeah, make my own race, and and the beauty of it is. I'll probably be the first and the slowest to ever, you know, achieve, <laughs> to achieve the objective. Well, let me encourage well, you to, you know, film this for sure. The The first person is in a unique position to be both the slowest and the fastest ever to run it. So you got right. that. Right, right, right. That's what you know, I love about creating your own adventures. It's just like, you know, you can be a bit of a pioneer to creating something to serve some you know, for some inspiration for other people to, to go and do it, you know, better or differently or whatever it is. Right. Like challenge uh, themselves. Yeah. I mean, and that, that sort of the mindset of exploration of opening up possibilities of what is it for you? I mean, and, and, you know, people have different, uh, different approaches, different ways. I mean, and it started long, you know, many, many years ago with, with the picnic is what we call them uh, here in Jackson. There's was this guy, David Gonzalez, who, who went and he biked from the town square, mm-hmm. swam across Jenny Lake, soloed the Grand Teton, swam back across Jenny Lake, and then biked back into town. Oh, that's and fun. Called that a picnic. <laughs> and it, it's basically like a, uh, a multi-sport um, mountain you know, Triathlon we call it type. high altitude aquateering, I think is the Whoa. Phrase. So um, I think it's funny in a place like that, which is still fairly rural compared to what we have out here on the East Coast. Um, people just conjure up crazy adventure stuff to do because they're bored. <laughs> Well, they, wait a minute. they have less distractions. So they're like, well, let's see if we can swim across the lake. Hey, and maybe and- that's the uh, <laughs> injustice of the week that we don't have enough boredom to create right. more adventures. Right. Now, well, this is actually the time in the podcast that we bring up an injustice of the week. And so we invited you to maybe bring something. And if you don't have one, we can we can pull something out of our butts. But do you have an injustice of the week that can be funny, trivial, or, you know, potent. What you got? You know, I was, uh, have you ever read any Tom Robbins? I yeah. love Tom Robbins, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Skinny legs and all. all that. <laughs> so there was a, there is a, I'm a big Tom Robbins fan, uh, you know, and I somehow came across this, this thing came across. Uh, one of his, totally. One of his last, like uh, his um one of his speeches the commencement speeches anyway he had a great quote um and 
you know, I'll just read a little bit of this commencement speech that he had because it's, it's a, it's a, I don't know, it's interesting. Um, But he said, you know, I'm often asked whether there is life after death. Certainly there is. There's also death after life and life before death and death after life. It goes on forever. There's no stopping it. You will live forever and die forever. In fact, you already have. And as for heaven and hell, they are right here on earth. And it's up to each of you in which you choose to reside. To put it simply, heaven is living in your hopes and hell is living in your fears. Mm. I'll stop right there. Um, I bet you, you know, do love that. <laughs> Uh, you know, Tom Robbins always one of those, you know, kind of provocative sort of a reader. You have to read things like six mm-hmm. times to, mm-hmm. to, to pick apart some of the things. But, you know, I think there's so much going on in our society with what you pay attention to and the news. Mm-hmm. And there's so much more access to information and how you choose to get your information is uh, it, it, dictate, it dictates what it is that your, your your mental emotional state of things, right? And how you perceive things and how you share these things. Um, so, I, I mean, and what you the, choose to focus on. Yeah, you brought the, this topic up. I mean, it's kind of a global topic, but it's 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 like, what are, what are you paying attention to? Mm-hmm. You know, what are you paying attention to, and where are you directing your injury, and how is it how is it in, in, impacting you, and what are you choosing to do with that? And you know, I read that quote. Uh, from from Tom Robbins, and it's like it spoke to you. Heaven and hell is right here for all of us, and and it so much of it depends on where we're directing our focus and our attention, and and uh, and how we interpret the messages, and then what we're choosing to do with that. So, well, and that's know. you know, we could take that on into probably the Godwaters, but I would say piggybacking on that that um and in our particular faith we believe the same thing we call it we have the choices right now to have life and death right now and and so yes that includes where we put our focus and um it's 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 similar to what you're saying but we can choose to um choose life or we can choose death and they have both have these outcomes that affect right now and affect later. Kind of like what, what Tim, uh, Tom Robbins was saying, but I feel like most of the, the injustice part, not only lies with the chooser, if you're choosing to live in fear and focusing your attention on, uh, all the darkness that that's around us. I mean, we live in a broken, you know, human uh, planet, but also the injustice lies in those big corporations that choose to, when it bleeds, it leads, you know, like, let me, you know, how much fear can I promote so that I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that each individual person that's at the top of, of our news organizations or whatever, but it's just about money. And so the part of their uh, listenership or viewership is based out of making choices based on money 
that also lead to death and um, darkness. You, you know how I feel about it? Tell me. And I think the pandemic kind of highlighted this um, capacity in people also. But you guys ever really just want it to rain so bad so you have an excuse not to run that day, not to do your chores, just to... Like for me, I have to have a physical reason to stay inside mm-hmm. and and just kind of call it quits for a day. Otherwise, there's always something. There's always something. And I feel like sometimes um, people will utilize the media or utilize the pandemic to draw that blanket up to them and sit Pull back the in mask. the recliner and just say, oh, well, I can't. You know, you heard what they said. It's dangerous. And, and, and just kind of use it as an excuse to shut down, which... I don't know. That's kind of what I see happening in people sometimes. Yeah, it's 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 fascinating. You know, um, uh, at the end of the day, it's it's like, okay, where are we directing our attention? Where, you know, you can get up in the morning and you can check in your phone. You can, you know, be on, you know, Instagram and Facebook for an hour, or you can get up and you can do something different. You know, you know, you you can watch the news at night, or you can not watch the news at night. You can, yeah, you can, you can you know, what, whatever, right. It's like the, the modern day, uh, time of, uh, you know, the opportunities to be disciplined, I guess, and to do whatever it is that you know that you want to do, or, or, uh, that's going to be, you know, fulfilling and helpful to you is, is filled with a lot of distractions, you know, and there's so many different, you know, the FOMO, the, what is everyone else doing and this, that, and the other thing. And it's like, you know what, like get quiet, (laughs) write down some things, be proactive with your time and choose to create your life in a way that is uh, productive and helpful for for yourself. And and in a way that you feel that's going to be influential to other people. And it's, that's, that is a, that's a discipline. That is a a practice. Well, let's, uh, let's flush the injustice down because Mm -hmm. I feel like we're, we're diving deeper. We're already moving into one of the questions that I wanted to ask you and that I see a failure in myself is like, you know, I've got a contest coming up, surf contest, and I know there's things I need to be doing, but I haven't been consistent. So like I maybe set a goal, but I'm not sure how to maintain the drive towards the goal. And maybe I just need to suck up the suck fest a little more. I'm just, you know, like, give us some helpful tips like practical things to like maintain the goal and be consistent be consistent yeah uh, yeah <laughs> uh, well it's funny i you know wasn't really going to talk about this per se but i'll give you a so my business is in organizational development and i do seminars and things like that um one of my favorite books is a book called switch it's written by the Heath brothers, longtime prolific uh, Harvard Business Review writers, and they've written a bunch of different other books. And their book is actually Switch. written uh, uh, there. It's it's written um, based on another book called The Happiness Hypothesis. I've heard of that. Now, let me uh, let me. So if you've heard of it, so let me uh, paint this picture. Imagine there's a giant elephant and that giant elephant has a small person on top of that elephant directing the elephant through the jungle mm-hmm. okay the rider let's call that person the rider the, the rider is going through uh the jungle and creating a pathway 
So imagine you have something that you want to change. You want to be a more disciplined runner, or let's say we'll take Ashley's new found or not new found, but you're, you know, you're running. Um, objective. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so you, you have three different components. You have an elephant, you have a rider and you have a pathway. So the elephant imagine is your emotional uh, aspect of that change process. Ooh. Huge. Right. The elephant, the elephant in the room, like you have to motivate the elephant. You have to be motivated to have the emotion, emotional drive, the purpose, the why to go and do that particular thing. But what happens when the elephant just is filled with emotions? It doesn't really know. It has to be directed right by the small thing, which relatively speaking is the rider on top. So the rider needs to direct the elephant. And where are they going to go? They're going to go through the jungle. They have to create a pathway. So you have to have all three things. And oftentimes change when it, when you, when you feel resistance is uh, it's often confused for something else. Right. So you may think, Oh, I don't have the motivation. Well, you might just actually not be, I have the cognition or not know what to do. Right. Mm -hmm. So, and if you know what to do, you might not be motivated. And if you have those two things, you might not actually know how to clear the path. So um, if you want to change something, you, you know, it's important to look at a multi-tiered approach to how is this going to help me be successful? So if you want to go running, for example, what's going to help you to do that? Well, you might want to think about all the different benefits for why you want to do the thing and what's it going to lead to and, and you know, how it's going to, the, the motivation to get out the door. Um, but you also might want to say, you know what, I'm going to go this particular amount of time, this particular distance, and I'm going to progress leads, leads up to it. And then, you know, to make it easier for yourself, you might say, you know what, I'm going to buy a new pair of running shoes, or I'm going to actually put my running shoes by the bed. Mm. So I don't have to make a whole lot of decisions. I know I have to get up and I just put my shoes on and I go out the door. So how do you structure your environment Mm -hmm. that's going to help you to facilitate the change? So that's, that's, uh, you know, the, the, the emotion, the cognition, the structure, those are three things you can think about. Emotion, cognition, and structure. That's the helpful. I would, I, I love, I really, really like that metaphor. And I would say in the beginning, if I could add, mm-hmm. you know, some practical components in the beginning, when you're trying to tame the emotional, mm-hmm. um, it, the structure has to be heavily leaned on and, and that's the easiest part to control also. So if you're, you know, trying to develop a habit, which is really hard to do, um, 61 days. Yeah, you, you actually have to write out the goal. You might have to stick some money on the goal, sign up for the race, you know, do the thing that's going to make you, ha- force you into into submission. And then, like you said, <clears throat> you know, uh, write down the steps to get there. And I don't mean just, oh, I'm going to practice and I'm going to do this. Take your calendar out Monday. This is how far I'm running. Wednesday. Mm-hmm. These are non-negotiable steps towards the goal. Yeah, And it also helps... I don't know if you have this in your life, Tim, but Ren is a very strong supporter of my goals. Mm-hmm. So when I'm thinking to myself, I could just do this tomorrow, he's saying, do it now, get it done. And that is very helpful. highly effective mm-hmm. in keeping yeah. me on accountability. Yeah. Well, um, I, you probably have a question, but I, I wanted to ask, I let's move into like talking about you wrote a book. 
tell me about tell tell our readers, our listener readers, <laughs> well, potential readers and listeners, what is this book and what will people get from reading it? Mm. The book's good. Uh, so yeah, thank you, Ashley, for, <laughs> for reading one of my initial um, subjects. What's I it guess. called? To read the to read the book. Um, so it's a working title. The book is called The All in Adventure Stories. However, I, you know, there's a possibility I might even change the title. But the um, the, uh, the book, it's 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 uh, it's adventure stories, and essentially, it's uh, it's 20 years of choosing uh, a variety of different stories that uh, everything from free diving, abalone diving, you know, blue water hunting, spearfishing, mountaineering, ski mountaineering, ultra running all sorts of different adventure sports um, that have lessons that are, that are attached. And they're, they're my, they're my experiences with people my, my friends and colleagues and, and whatever. Um, but mainly they're my personal adventures. I, you know, I have a corporate adventure training company that I've had for 24 years, but this is not about that. It's not about my clients and my adventures that I've taken people on. These are my personal ones mm-hmm. and the lessons that I've learned from them. Um, and, you know, essentially I've had 20 years of adventures that, that I wanted to tell these stories. I wanted to, to, to share some of the different um, ideas that came out of like what I learned from them. So they're lessons from adventures. And at the end of it, I kind of put it into a, I put it into a model, um, which is a method, you know, it's, it's a, it's an adventure method that has seven steps. And so my hope is that people will utilize this method to approach whatever adventure that they're going on uh, with their people that they're sharing this adventure with and, you know, be able to eliminate some of the frustration, some of the risk, some of the, uh, the difficult times that, that happen with a lot of adventures that people just end up learning the hard way, let's just say, right? So hopefully I'll uh, reduce some of that, you know, frustration and, and friction. Well, I wanted to, um, I'm glad you mentioned the seven steps because something that makes the book unique is that it's not just stories of your adventures. It's not a memoir only. Of of course, there's some memoir elements, but you have the seven steps, the create yours section and these epic logs, which are fairly unique in this, um, in this genre. And so what I took away from those three special sections is that, you know, the stories that you're sharing are fairly um, unique. They're unique because they, they, they don't really appeal to the masses. Mm-hmm. You know, these are like high adventure, high octane kind of adventures. These are things that most people aren't getting their feet wet in. So taking those steps, are you expecting that people are going to actually apply them? Or like, who is your audience? Is it everybody that you're trying to encourage or just the people that are already in and just need some direction? Well, you know, there's, there's a couple different things, just like with most, with, uh, with most sort of, you know, adventures, right? It's like, are you an armchair adventurer where mm-hmm. you can watch something on television? Are you watching the Olympics? Are you going to be an Olympian? Uh, you know, are you going to be an Olympic athlete? No, you're watching. Why do you watch the Olympics? Well, you're watching that because you want some inspiration. You're, mm-hmm. you're seeing something that is uh, someone unleashing their potential in, in an environment that is uh, that's 
that's difficult or challenging or you, and, and you see it within that the dedication you know perhaps that that person you see someone you know running you know in the track and field or whatever the sport that they're doing and you say that person didn't just win that race just you know didn't just start running yesterday right they uh this is a dedication to uh being the best that they can be and so to answer your question um I hope that people will read the book and they will see some of the different adventures and be inspired to go do whatever it is that they want to do with their life in whatever capacity, whatever the next thing is. And it's more, more a mindset. I mean, yeah, the, some of the, the things of like how I, you know, skiing the Grand Teton, it didn't just happen, you know, in a week, you start by looking at a mountain and you say, what's possible? Not like there's no way I can do that. It's like how, what are the skills that are going to be required to ultimately someday be able to not just climb the thing, but be able to ski it. That's like years of, of training and experience. But um, it's the idea of the inspiration comes from the objective. And I think the mindset is the biggest thing for, for me is like when people look at life, look at whatever the objectives are, you know, I want people to see possibilities, not limitations. Right. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. I like that. And I think, so it's, it's really for, for someone who might look at something that may seem impossible, but be inspired to create their own possibilities in their own lives. Right. And then, and then sure there's other athletes that might say, Oh yeah, well, I want to go and uh, do this particular adventure. I want to learn how to, you know, the freediving story, you know, I, I had a story, I, there's a you know, story of what went wrong, you know, like, <laughs> you know, there's, there's those parts of it. Like, you know, my thumb is. Oh yeah. Look at that. For a reason. Hey. Um, that, was, that was an error. I had no idea about spearfishing, but you know what? There's no one, there's not like a spearfishing manual unless you go with Ashley Chapman to go take and one learn from the best. Oh, come you on. Know? Well, I, I'm curious. You mentioned those things and I feel like, cause I haven't read the book and you've read the book that I, the listeners might be wondering what is an Epic log? Great question. Yeah. The Epic, you know, Epic log is, uh, I can't, you know, created this, this phrase. It's very um, cute by the way. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you know, we all have our perception of what it means to do something Epic, mm -hmm. right? It's, you know, after in the adventure world, it's like when we say something like was epic, that means it was a pretty and amazing experience. Mm -hmm. yeah. Oftentimes it's it's either it was really difficult and we made it through it or it was just perfect conditions and we had this thing. And so there to have something epic means just like just to have this amazing experience. Um, and the log, the epilogue is like the, the, what happened after, after. the, mm -hmm. you know, after, like, it's like the rest of the stories, uh, the rest of the story. So I combine those two, two words into one. It's basically, um, when you look at whatever epic adventure you've had, what's the rest of the story? Like, what did you learn from it mm. and how are you going to apply those lessons into some part of your life? And so it's, just, it's a fun way of saying, okay, well, I, survived this sort of thing or i had this experience now what does it mean or, or what is the reader you what's know what's the takeaway what's the takeaway or the contemplation yeah from it you know what yeah. i like about the epic log is is it 
I love the name. It's cool, yeah. But it also employs a technique that I use with people when we're talking about inspiring them or when I'm potentially bringing them into a situation that's really scary and and kind of dangerous. Um, we have a, we have people that are just, yeah, I don't know about this. And I I like to focus on my shortcomings. Well, first of all, I inspire confidence with my, you know, what kind of skills. experience I've had and skills, right? But then look at my shortcomings to help level the playing field. For instance, you know, I'm a mom of two. I'm chronically underrested because of that. Um, I'm not Serena Williams. My mm-hmm. arms are fairly weak and noodly, you know, and then you start to refocus their attention on the mental aspect. And this is what we can achieve when our mind is in the right place. And when our, you know, when we're focused, our thoughts are organized, right? It's less about the physical, although there is a skill set needed. And I like how the epic logs will bring in the mistakes and those yeah. kinds of things t- to level the yeah. playing field. Because most people look at the stories you're telling and they think, ah, not for me. Not I'm for me. Uh, I'm too <laughs> old. I'm too fat. I'm too busy, whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The limitations, the story of limitations, you know, it's like, and that's a, that, that, that story never ends. Right. And, and I think our, uh, what I really appreciate about you, Ashley, and, and what, you know, you had a, you had a, you had a foundational, um, you know, impact in, in how I approached the ocean and the, in the world. And I really thank you and appreciate that about, you know, you being you and, and all the championships and all stuff and just creating this capacity to look at things differently and get the skills to do, do something differently. But, you know, we all, we, we, we always have a choice to look at something uh, in one way or another, right? It's kind of goes back to the Tom Robbins thing mm-hmm. we were talking about earlier in this mindset of, are you seeing possibilities? Or are you seeing limitations? You know, and, and I think um, it's, it's uniquely our choice to be able to say, I see possibilities. And because I see possibilities, I'm going to take the step towards doing this particular thing you know, okay, I signed up for a half marathon or a half Ironman or whatever. Like, does that mean I'm going to win the race? Well, I, I'm, well hey, Depends. you know, <laughs> possible, but am I, am I, is that my objective? My objective is to get in the race, right. you know, right. Right. Be and it's like, yeah. just, just start, just start the objective. And, and it's like, like what these, you know, so what's the purpose of the the book and these stories? It's like, you know what the, the purpose is to say, you know, just get in the race, get again in the game. Get in, you know? the game. Get in the game. Next thing, open your mind to the possibilities and and to explore the outdoor world and to 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 you know have those types of experiences. I mean, you know, sure, you started free diving and then you quickly, I'm sure, had this idea of, oh, I, I think I really can be really good at this. I'm gonna see how how deep I can go. But in the process. How many pods of dolphins have you uh, been with? How many mm-hmm. whales have you been able to, How you know, what part of the ocean have you been able to explore? How many moments, your private wins have you been in and said, I can't believe I'm down here, you know, a hundred feet down in the ocean in the middle of nowhere and feeling like I'm in space. Mm. That was a byproduct of, of something else. Yeah. But it's it's your choice that led you to exploration right like and i think that's a cool point that 
you made earlier, well, yes, the book is about um, encouraging someone to choose to look at the glass half full as opposed to half empty. But another thing you brought up was the impact that others have had in that pursuit and that you're hoping that your book provides that to somebody else. And I, I would say to our listeners who you have in your life and who you, you need to gravitate towards those people who are incorporating adventure into their lives. Because if you're hanging around with people who are naysayers, fear mongers, or, or even just simply just kind of let's hang out and play video games, you're not going to be motivated to take these adventures or to try something new. So I would say, for me, you know, like Ashley's been for you. She's same for me as far as testing out going underneath the water instead of just riding on the waves. But um, getting around people who also are interested in adventure. Who get after it. Who get after it. And so, and I would say that might be an opportunity to move into the spiritual sense of this podcast. Well, Tim already moved us there. I know. And I'm kind of regretting the Devo because... Uh, he already said it. He, he already said, said it. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? We already talked a lot about it. Well, go ahead and put it in the words. Yeah, but I I wouldn't have chose this based on the conversation. Mine was, mine was different. Mine was, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. That one I like because it's a strong... You know, it's a strong piece of scripture, but also it can just be a mantra for anybody that's getting after it mm-hmm. um, because it's talking about what the dedication, you know, the, mm-hmm. that we were talking about and that structure that you're that's needed to actually practically make something happen. Fought the good fight, finished the race and then kept the faith. So I like how practical that is. A lot of times when I'm doing something uh, like this, you know, goal setting, something, an athletic endeavor, I will have a mantra. I'll have something that I just repeat, 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 repeat. That way my brain doesn't start eating itself and you know how that goes. Yeah. You can try to use distractions, you know, headphones and this kind of thing. But ultimately there does become a point where you've got to talk yourself off the ledge and I'll typically go to scripture for that. Um, finishing is better than starting. Patience is better than pride because I can, you know, pride can definitely get in the way of your goals too. And it reminds me to finish, to keep going, that, you know, the beginning is easy. Starting is easy. It's carrying it through that's difficult. So do you, do you rely on a mantra? I rely on several mantras, <laughs> actually, depending on the context. Um uh, yeah. What's I mean, one you're I, using now? Um, well, you know, uh, the one that I, uh, that just comes into my head was, uh, you know, the, the only limitation is in the mind. Um, I, like when I was swimming across, uh, 13 miles, you know, I'm not the fastest swimmer. I mean, you know, and I was swimming against, you know, waves big waves and lakes and whatever crossing this thing it took me 12 hours to get across uh this this lake swimming swimming so Um, boring too well oh my god it's the same movement 
and over and over and over and over, right? Oh my um, gosh. So what do you do? Okay, you think you think five minutes is a long time? You know, it's like hours later. Hours. It's like <laughs> the same thing. Um, but you, you so so resorting to to these different things. I mean, you can. Um, <laughs> one of my friends actually uses the the simple count rhythm of uh, one, two, I can do three yeah. or just a little more five, six, pick yeah. up those six, you know, and then you create these different <laughs> rhyme rhythms yeah. to a sequence of like, you know, stroking and the swimming and stuff like that, or whatever your running is. Um, so I, I really enjoy creating new ongoing uh, mantras and rhythms. And, and, and I, very much agree to particularly in an endurance concepts, you know, context, uh, it helps direct your mind towards something that's empowering, which there's plenty to focus on. Right. I like that you incorporate the two, the mantra and rhythm, you know, like the yours is kind of a jingle. Well, when you, when you break down there in an endurance sport, you know, you start breaking down technique starts breaking down. So I will have a different mantra on the way up from a dive, for instance, where you're just trying to get there. Uh, If it's no fins, good pull, good kick, good pull, good kick. And it just reminds me to focus on the technique. Um, But you got to plan it ahead of time. You got to plan ahead what you're going to say and what you're going to focus on because you don't want to be left up left to your own devices when it does start breaking down. Well, uh, one question, you know, while, while I have you here live, you know, um, uh, that I've, I've had uh, that has been interesting for me in free diving and in, in the context of free diving um, was this idea of uh, not thinking about anything at all mm-hmm. and the meditation of like diving down and, and the, the awareness of the amount of energy it takes to actually think about something uh-huh right and the difference and and maybe maybe you could just i don't know share your perspective on it but with like the difference between thinking about something as you're diving down flow state and not thinking yeah. about something um because it's it's challenging to, you know, particularly again, endurance thing where you're doing something for hours on end, like to not think about something. Yes. However, if you can get into a space where you're not really thinking about something, particularly like in a, in a peak performance thing, then you have more energy, like to, I don't know, like you just, you just don't expend so much energy because there's a lot of energy that goes into thoughts, right? So if you're worrying about something, that takes energy, you know? Like- a lot. I, you know, I would say, um, I think a lot of free divers are kind of flippant about think of nothing. Because like you said, thinking of nothing is very difficult. And so what they're ignoring and the piece of information that I think they're not giving the general public is you, you can't just think of nothing. Thinking of nothing comes with skills practice, So you have to orient your thoughts based on technique in the beginning where you're just hyper-focused on technique. You have to give yourself something to get through those, like when you get into sync phase and really there's not a lot of technique, focusing just on equalization and then maybe having a mantra. And after you have so much skills practice so that the actual dive is not... um, scary anymore the depth isn't scary you already know what you're going to do then that's when that flow state can start entering the equation where you really aren't thinking because you're in the 
in the, the your body. Yeah, your body is in the automatic mode. And when body's in automatic mode, all of a sudden we're thinking of nothing. We're, we really are still focused, but it's just that hyper focus so that you're not aware that you're even having those thoughts sometimes. I'll come up from a dive and I'll think, what, what just happened? <laughs> it's almost like you black out through the dive, you know, just because you're so um, automatic at that point. But again, skills, practice. That's the only way to get there, in my opinion. Yeah, it's interesting. So in that perspective, it's uh, you have to put in the time and the yeah. work to, to be able to get to that place where you can have that type of an experience. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 fascinating. Um, it's, yeah, yeah. You know Thank how you. to get there. There's no yeah. shortcut. You know how to get there. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I would say it's probably time to wrap up now, but I wanted to ask. You know, for our listeners, when can we read your book? Yeah. I mean, I've read it. <laughs> but when does it go on the shelves? Yeah, what's going to happen? Someone can just contact me and I'll send them the digital copy. Um, uh, I, my my directive uh, is to have it out this, this fall. Um, so it's going towards uh, the final editing process, you know, okay. and some down and stuff like that. So. Um, and we, so yeah, and we it's, think it's called All In Adventure <laughs> Stories. All In Adventure Stories. Yeah, you can certainly find uh, find find the the book using that. And Grand Dynamics is is my company, okay. and so um, that is an easy way to uh, find out. Find you know you. what you know what what's going on with me. I've been doing. We do all sorts of really. Uh, cool and interesting and empowering uh um, corporate training and development experiential stuff but um anyway the, the book will be there uh and the all adventure stories will be um you know i'm getting back on the it's like the last 10 percent is always like the hardest yeah. thing, <laughs> it's like, a, like another 100 percent on the last like 10%. That, like, yeah yeah it's like last one percent but can i make uh, a suggestion i think you should hire ashley as like an adjunct professor that does some corporation uh talks and and um groups for your company she yeah. should be working for grand dynamics <laughs> oh, oh absolutely i'm just we're just waiting for the right opportunity to to be created and uh and thanks we're just gonna to, to create those ourselves so yeah I'm, I'm i'm excited there's so much to learn about uh you know life and and, and business and sport through uh, people who have excelled and you know clearly you're one of those ex examples that i've always uh really really appreciated so yeah it's, well it's, thank it's you this is about you yeah. <laughs> well we appreciate you coming on our podcast and sharing about your book sharing uh -huh. about adventure and practical steps to get a person involved yeah in, in their own adventure I'm going to include a bunch of resources on the page, too, once this drops. So I'll be sure. You mentioned Switchbook. You mentioned Happiness Hypothesis. You mentioned, well, definitely Grand Dynamics will be out there. And if there's anything else that can keep people connected to you, you'll let me know. Yeah, there's, you know, there's uh, there's various different um There's various different resources that I like to share with people, uh, you know, when we're creating our programs and our training and development, uh, you know, leadership training and things like that. So, um, 
yeah, just, I guess, you know, Grand Dynamics would be a good, good place to, to start. And, um, the intention is to, to begin to create some more of the, the different interviews and the podcasts and things like that. So, so people can begin to explore, uh, what they want to create in their own lives. Right. So hopefully yeah. this will drive some people to your book and to your business and just help to get people inspired. That's what we're here for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look at our faces. Inspiration. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, thank you listeners for tuning in. Thank you, Tim, uh, immensely for deciding to do this. I know you're real busy, so I appreciate you carving out some early morning time for us. Absolutely. It's very much my pleasure. Thanks for having me. And we look forward to seeing your book on the shelf. Yeah, I look forward to a signed copy. Yeah, I look forward to it too. Dedication is what she meant to say. Yeah, yeah, right, right. All right, well. Thank you. So nice to meet you and talk. All right. We'll see you next time. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.